Hi, I'm Teresa, owner of T3Fit, and you're listening to the T3Fit podcast, where scoliosis warriors and professionals come together. Here we talk about our scoliosis journeys and the emotional components it takes on from being a parent to being diagnosed with scoliosis and sometimes leading to surgery. It's a place where professionals share their expertise of treatments, from physical therapy to surgery, and so much more. So let's get started. Everybody, welcome to the T3 Fit Scoliosis Podcast. On today's episode, we have Dr. Chris Raynor. He is an injury analyst. He is also an orthopedic surgeon based in Canada. Uh, he's here to talk about his profession, how he got started on it, specifically what he does, and just to kind of open the conversation of you, if you guys have any questions, you know, where you can find him and, and what he offers. So, Dr. Raynor, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Perfect. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for inviting me um, to participate. I, I always Absolutely. think that it's uh, uh, I always think it's interesting when people want to hear me talk about whatever. Um, so uh, I, I'm I'm grateful for the opportunity to do that. Uh, and and then secondly, just just call me Chris. That's why I okay. they just call me Chris. Okay. okay. So. Um, but yeah, um, so as you mentioned, I'm an orthopedic surgeon. That's my primary uh, occupation. That's what I, I spent a lot of the years training to do. And uh, so that's what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, but also, uh, I happen to be a content creator on a number of different platforms, uh, Instagram, YouTube, uh, TikTok. And uh, my, my primary platform is YouTube. And um, I create long form content, the prime which the primary focus of which is to teach people about um, health, wellness, uh, sports medicine, orthopedic injuries, orthopedic surgery, um, and that that's the focus. Uh, I want to bring. Um, I want to highlight what what it is that I do, but I also want to highlight um, how people can um, navigate uh, the world of orthopedic orthopedic surgery in an advantageous way to them, um, and then also how they can um, uh, avoid how they can keep themselves fit and well, and potentially avoid ever having to come see me. Um, and I try to teach people how to do that, and so. Uh, I do that through long form content and um, over, I've been doing that for about five years now. And I've discovered uh, initially when I first started doing it, uh, I, I was teaching people sort of in the way that I was taught, very didactic uh, kind of manner. Uh, and I found that the retention was not, not as great as what I would like, because, you know, that's, it's very, uh, very dense material and in some, some, you know, in some cases, it's kind of dry unless you have a really vested interest in it. So uh, I, I eventually learned that the best way to um, teach that information was to um, pull events from from, you know, everyday uh, occurrences, current current events, um, stuff that was on TV, uh, popular culture, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so take stuff from there. And then, um, you know, pull out the sports medical aspects or the orthopedic surgery aspects mm -hmm. or, you know, orthopedic injury aspects mm -hmm. and discuss it in those contexts. And then, then people seem to really, that seemed to resonate well with people. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then, yeah, so that's, that's basically what I do. And so injury analyst, that's kind of a, a term that I coined a little bit, but basically that's what I do. I look for people to, I look for, for different videos of people getting broken up and then I talk about it so it's just basically so it's real life and that you're you're translating it into a way that is still can be very scientific but makes sense to like somebody who's just listening for the first time so that they're not overwhelmed because I, as you said when we hear things that are scientific we can easily shut down and we're like okay you're speaking I don't know some other foreign language and I have no idea what you're talking about for sure, for sure. And, and, and actually, so one of the things, um, when I first uh, started practice, 
Um, I made a promise to myself uh, because of what I had observed with my parents. So uh, I'm a first generation Canadian. My parents were immigrants from Jamaica. Okay. Uh, my parents were very, they were very old school people. Um, and, and in, in um, that day and age, okay, so, um, you know, 19, when my parents were growing up, sort of the 1940s, 1950s, um, when the doctor spoke, the doctor said something and you said, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. You listened. You didn't question. Um, they, they told you stuff and that was it. And yeah. It didn't really matter whether you understood or not. They just, that's the way it worked. And so as my parents aged and as I started to uh, enter into the world of medicine and, and train, my parents would go to the doctor. Um, and, and both my parents, by the way, only had like grade, grade nine, grade 10 education. Um, so very hard work for blue collar people. Um, they'd go to the doctor and I was the, the first one in my family to go to university. Uh, first one to have several university degrees and then, and, uh, you know, the first one to go to medicine. So uh, they would call me and they would say, oh, um, Chris, you know, the doctor said X, Y, and Z. What does this mean? Mm -hmm. And I, like, I would have to explain what that meant. And if I didn't know, then with their permission, I'd have to contact their physician and say, Hey, you know, you told my parents this, right. they don't understand what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. Um, can, can you just tell me so that I can explain to them in a way that they can understand? Um, and so I, I did that for, for many years with my own parents. And then I, I kind of decided when I was going through my training that I was not going to be that way. Um, I was not going to have patients leave my office and not understand what I'm talking about. Uh, and so I, I made a concerted effort to be able to take whatever it is that I'm learning or, or whatever I'm talking about and um, to, you know, people, some people would say dumb it down. It's not, not that I'm dumbing it down. I am just putting it into a context in which people can um, better understand what I'm talking about. Um, and so... I, I made an effort to do that in my mm -hmm. practice. Mm -hmm. And I always try and find something, um, you know, that the people were familiar with and then try to um, apply that to what I was trying to tell them so that they could, they could put it in the, yeah. into terms that they can understand. Yeah. So I did that with my own practice. And, and so when I started um, making educational content, because uh, that was my goal to educate people. Um, I wanted to be a good teacher. And, and so um, I wanted to be able to take what I was talking about and, and break it down, make it relatable to people so that it's easily understandable, easily consumable and, and enjoyable. And yeah. so that they can leave after having consumed my content and say, hey, I'm smarter. I now understand what this means. Yeah. And, 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 and then the the um progression of that is not only can i understand what this means but now i can make better health choices for myself because i i am i am armed with this information and so that that's the whole goal and and that's what i'm trying to do and I, and you know it's it's a work in progress um i'm learning things all the time um but the goal is to uh, help educate people, help get help them to better understand um, the medical environment uh, and how it impacts them, and um, to help them make better medical and health wellness choices for themselves. And and to give them empowerment. I mean, that's you know, as you said, like with your parents, and even when I was growing up, it was like the doctor's word was it, and you, and you didn't you didn't question it. You know, you didn't, yeah. you didn't, it was like, that was the authority. They said what they said. And you were like, okay, thanks. Bye. And, and to give, to give your patients that and be like, okay, wait a minute. Or your clients on YouTube, you know, wait a minute. Let me just stop and think about this. Let me think about what questions I need to ask moving forward is huge because it, as you being a doctor, it makes you more human, you know, and not, not to say that you're, you're a doctor, but like, you're a doctor, but you're you're engaging with your patients as though it were your parents or as though it were your wife or just a friend. And that, I think, goes a long way. Um, you talk a little so you talk about being an orthopedic uh, surgeon. So in your content that you create, 
for uh, with orthopedic. How can you share with us some of the things? I mean, you talked a little bit about like you take, you know, everybody's uh, outside life and just translate it. But can you share with us um, some of the content that you have created or some of the questions that people have come to you and said, hey, I have this going on. What do you suggest? What do I need to do before going down the road of surgery, if that is the case? Sure. So there, there's a number of different um, forms of content that I create. Um, some of it is applicable to, you know, just the life of an orthopedic surgeon, yeah. how to get into medicine and all that kind of stuff. Um, but um, I also create uh, general con content, uh, general orthopedic content, which I would say is more of my injury analysis stuff. Okay. And so th that's just where I see an event that has happened. So um, a sporting event, uh, so-and-so gets injured. And I want people to understand, you know, people know, oh, this guy blew his knee. But I want them to understand, well, how did he blow his knee? Mm -hmm. What? How can I tell from just watching the video, um, you know, what are the most likely injuries that he has suffered? Um, what is going to happen with him afterwards? Because uh, a lot of the people will have had similar injuries. And so I'm trying to relate I'm trying to give them an, an idea of what to expect for themselves. So, you know, I'll say, hey, this is this is the injury that he that he had. We know that this is what he injured because of the mechanism of injury. And, and usually injuries of such and such a type are injured in such and such a manner. So we know that. Um, here's what we can expect in terms of his pain and swelling, all of these uh, post-injury kind of factors. Um, this is the uh, type of examination and analysis that will occur um, by his physicians so that we, you know, he'll get the, this type of imaging, they'll do this type of physical exam, um, he'll either be admitted into a hospital or, or, or wherever, um, and then I'll kind of just break down the course of his um, injury and the course of his treatment uh, so that as if I was kind of like a fly on the wall reporting what's happening. Mm -hmm. um, and again, this is just to give people an understanding and a sense of um, what they can expect for themselves or for a family member who might have this. Um, so that's the second type of um, content that I create. Uh, and then the third type of content that I create is more specific where I say, okay, so here's this specific problem that you have. Here is, um, you have a meniscus tear of your knee. Um, and how is it, so how are you going to take that problem that you have and how are you going to um, go from a um, immobile, knee swollen, painful state and get to a mobile, pain-free and functional state? What, how, what are the steps? What are you going to do? Mm -hmm. um, what are, and what are the exercises that I would, uh, uh, you know, if you were my patient, what are the exercises that I would give you so that, that would help you to get to that pain-free functional state? And, and um, in those videos, uh, quite frequently, I'll demonstrate the stuff that, that I do uh, mm -hmm. for my patients or um, in some of the videos, I've documented what I did for myself after surgery and after my own injury and say, hey, this is what I advocate to my patients. Here, watch me do it. I'm going to show you. Uh, and this is how I recommend you get better. So, so those are basically sort of the, the, the three types of content that I create. And, and the latter two types being more closely tied to um, giving people, giving viewers information about how they can, you know, how to understand what's going on with them and then how they can get, um, you know, from, from that injured state to a uh, non-injured functional pain-free state. I love that because it's, it's, that's living, right? We all get injured and, and it happens all the time. You walk down the street, you twist your ankle, boom. Mm -hmm. skidding, skidding down the road, skidding down the road. Um, how long have you been in this profession? Because I'm going to say you, I, I don't know how old you are, but you look really young. So <laughs> how I'm, I'm, so, so you're, you're probably of the same age, uh, um, 
group was myself. Uh, okay. So you may catch the reference when I say it's because the oil of Olay, which is 99 and 44, 100% pure. Okay. Um, so so that that's why I look this way, uh, but I'm older than I look. So okay. Uh, okay. I've been in practice. Uh, I've been in practice for 15 years. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, and um, what got you turned on to, what, what got you turned on to being in this profession? Was it because of your parents or, uh, well, so, uh, interestingly enough, um, it's, it's a little bit of a funny story. So I, when I was, uh, in grade one, we had a career day and, uh, they had lots of different people come in from different professions. And one of the people who came in, uh, one of the kids, their parents were, uh, their parent was a physician. And I remember them talking about what they did. And after that career day, I, I had said to my my mother, oh, you know, I'm going to be a doctor. And then, of course, like when a Jamaican mother hears that, like I'm committed to that for life. So she, of course, my parents promoted that uh, and, and encouraged that. Um, and so I always wanted to be a physician. Um, and so that was kind of my goal always growing up. Um, and then when I, uh, when I was in university, I played uh, varsity football and, um, uh, obviously football is a contact sport. So, um, I did have some injuries during that time mm -hmm. and I had, um, the opportunity to experience on the receiving end some orthopedic care and so I, I was kind of intrigued by it a little bit uh, at that point um, but I wasn't sure yet what I wanted to do I wasn't in medicine at that time so then after I was done my undergraduate and um, I had stopped playing football uh, I, I kind of was preparing to enter into medical school. So I was, I went back to do a graduate degree to upgrade my marks. And uh, I did some volunteer work at the hospital. And I had, um, I had um, a surgeon who was a general surgeon, not an orthopedic surgeon, but a general surgeon when I was volunteering, kind of take me under his wing. And uh, he allowed me to um, observe him in the OR and, and spend time with him in the clinic. And I thought to myself, I, I'm, I'm a very, tactile kinesthetic person i like to do things with my hands and i'm very physical so i i i, was, I knew i wanted to go into medicine um and i thought okay well, what am i gonna do um i was very intrigued by surgery and doing stuff with my hands and and procedures and so uh when i finally got into medicine i was kind of thinking oh yes surgery surgery that's what i'm gonna do but uh I, I, you know, surgery, there are many different types of surgery, and I still hadn't really picked a specialty. Um, and, but when I started to consider, you know, how busy my life would be, and by that point, I already had three young kids, um, and um, fitness was a big part of my life, because it had always, uh, I, I, you know, I, after I'd either been involved with competitive sports, uh, and then after that, uh, when I was trying to stay in shape, I became a fitness and fitness instructor, personal trainer. So I had been doing that all through uh, my graduate degree, teacher's college, medical school. I was still doing that. Uh, and even when I first started residency or before I started residency, I was doing that. So then I was kind of trying to think, oh, how can I streamline my life? And I thought um, when I thought about um, I remember at that time when I was trying to make this decision making uh, when I was doing this, um, I had seen an interview with Oprah Winfrey and uh, Oprah had talked about how um, most of the stuff in our lives is super, superfluous. Um, it's, it's not necessary. Um, and we have too much going on at mm -hmm. all, all times. And she had said um, one of the most powerful things that she had ever done was to take uh to streamline her life and to pare everything down. And, and, and I believe in the conversation she had said, um, take the three most important things and combine mm -hmm. them. And so uh, at that point in my life, um, you know, the most important things uh, to me were my family, uh, my my medical career and my fitness. And so I was like, well, how can I bring these all together? And I thought, you know what? Um, I've had orthopedic surgery myself. I like to do procedures and orthopedic surgery allows me to do sports medicine. And wait a minute, sports medicine, then I can be on the sideline with the football team and I don't have to give up football. I can hang out with the boys again. Okay. Oh my God, this is going to be great. 
So that was ultimately how I made my decision. And I said, okay, yeah, I'm going to be an orthopedic surgeon. I'm going to do orthopedic sports medicine. And uh, I'm going to hang out on the sidelines of football. And um, yeah, that'll be awesome. And it just all came together. All came together. It, all it didn't together. all just come together, but that that was the plan anyway. Okay, okay. Well, it's still evolving. You know, we're constantly it evolving, and it's it's always gonna yeah. it's always gonna shift, and it's always gonna change a little bit. Um, I'd like to ask you about being an orthopedic surgeon and and back situations. Um, yep. How has that been uh, in your experience in your career, just with people with back injuries? Because I know. It's super common with so many people who have back pains and then herniated discs. My father had two. I have scoliosis. I had I have the Harrington rods fused to my spine. Um, I know that there's a new procedure going on, uh, tethering, which is still kind of like up in the air. But how how what have you experienced along the way in your journey of being a surgeon in those areas? Um, so, um, you know, I have to say, so I'm not a spine surgeon now, mm -hmm. um, but spine, uh, during our orthopedic training, we, we spend quite a, a lot of time doing spine. So, um, over the, um, over the total of seven years, I was an orthopedic trainee as a red, both as a resident, as a fellow, okay. um, I have spent, you know, probably 18 months of that time okay. dedicated strictly to spine. Um, okay. So, you know, I've seen all kinds of things um, during my training in terms of um, non, non-operative, uh, you know, low chronic low back pain, all the way to um, massive uh, spinal tumors that require, uh, you know, like an 18 hour reconstruction of the spine. Um, and wow. okay. um, so I've seen all of those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. um, and then after my practice or after uh, I've completed my training and then I've been in practice um, as a uh, orthopedic sports surgeon, um, I see a variety of things, one of which is back pain. I see chronic back pain. Um, and I, I generally see mechanical back pain. So this is back pain, the back pain, which is most common that people have, um, which generally does not require surgery. Um, and and you, you had mentioned that it's common and, and it's so common in fact that 95% of adults will have at least one episode of mechanical back pain in their life lasting anywhere from four to six weeks. Um, so that basically means everybody's going to get it at least once in their life. So what is, um, and, what is, sorry, what does mechanical back pain mean? Can you, yeah, so mechanical back, so it's, it's an umbrella term, okay. okay. Um, and, but it, it basically encompasses all forms or all causes of back pain that are not structural in nature or not neurologic in nature okay so um in, in other words the the structure of the spine has not been compromised mm -hmm. there are no fractures no dislocations uh no slippage uh of of um between spinal segments um and it is non-neurologic meaning that neither the spinal cord nor the nerve roots have been compressed, damaged, okay. or injured okay. by um, some, some pathology, right? So uh, there's neurologic back pain, um, structural back pain, okay? And then mm -hmm. mechanical. So mechanical just basically means everything that's not those other bad things. Um, it means that it's relatively minor, and okay. it means that it's usually associated um, with either some weakness or imbalance um, uh, of the soft tissues, muscles, and okay. uh, okay. you know um, the uh, fascia. Okay. Okay. So. Yeah. So. So anyway. So yeah. So I see. Uh, uh, I see that uh, because generally, what would happen is a an emerge doc or a family physician. Um, would have a patient that has back pain mm -hmm. um, and uh, they would refer them um, to at least because I'm in Canada. So they generally are not going to go right to the spine surgeon. They'll okay. usually refer them to a sports medicine physician um, or a sports, uh, either a sports medicine specialist or a sports medicine orthopedic surgeon. Um, so we'll see that. 
Uh, then we'll do the, the primary workup, so x-rays, and then um, send the patient to physiotherapy. If, they're, um, if they have any kind of localizing findings, they're, you know, they have uh, um, weakness or uh, loss of sensation in a, a nerve distribution pattern, um, loss of bowel or bladder function, or they have abnormal findings on um, on x-ray that require that mandate other imaging, um, then those people um, will be sent further up the chain. So okay. I'll refer them to a spine surgeon, but everybody else uh, kind of stays at that first level. And then they basically get treated with um, um, physical therapy. Okay. It's, it seems, it seems so simple. <laughs> it seems so, it's just, it's like, I mean, it's like here too, you know, in the States, but it just seems more organized in Canada. Uh, but that's, <laughs> that's the difference between, yeah, it's like apples and steaks, I guess. <laughs> it, it seems organized, but it isn't always that way. And it doesn't okay. always go as smoothly as you'd think. You okay. know? What's, what's, what's something I, I'm going to say in the simple, what's the simplest thing that you could suggest to somebody who's dealing with um any type of pain and in particular i'm going to talk about back pain um hmm. what what's the simplest and safest thing that you know if somebody somebody just says hey I, you know i have this going on in my lumbar what's what's something that you would suggest to them that would be safe without them having to see a professional and go through the chain um, so this, the first thing that I'd say to people um, before they even consider going to see anybody or, or anything is just that I, I'm, um, as I told you, um, I like to give people education. I would educate them and, and um, try to empower them to understand that they don't need to go to somebody to fix their back pain. The person who's going to fix their back pain, um, I'm already talking to that person. It is that person that I'm talking to. They are the ones that are going to fix their back pain. Um, and so I, I would, number one, empower them to understand that they are the ones who are in control. And number two, um, I, I would also say to them to understand you are not broken right? Like this is not an issue of you are broken, you are damaged. Oh, like there's irreparable damage. Like th that's not what is going on. Um, I, I would say that, that your body is a, this a machine that generally likes to focus with what we call or, or function with what we call homeostasis. So it likes to keep things generally in balance. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a reasonable tolerance where it can go out of balance a bit and things okay. But when the balance gets too much skewed in one direction or the other, then, then it, the body starts to tell us that there is a problem. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that it tells us that there is a problem is through pain, right? And so I, I, I would say that you don't need to be afraid of the pain. You just need to sort of understand what the pain is telling you uh, and then go about fixing that. I am, I tell people all the time, I'm not that smart. I, I like to, um, make things very, very simple. Uh, and so um, I, I, I don't want things to be overly fancy and, and overly convoluted. Um, there is a problem. A problem causes, um, you know, some kind of symptom. Mm -hmm. So instead of looking at the symptom and trying to treat the symptom, if you focus on the problem and fix the problem, the symptom will go away. And so this is yeah. what I try to teach people. Um, let's let's go. Let's get back to basic principles and say, oh, okay. Well, you have this back pain. Well, why is it that you have this back pain? Um, is it related to your activities? Is there some activity that you can modify? So, for example, if you're uh, working in the office and you're sitting at the desk all day, and you're hunched over, blah, 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 and and furiously typing away. Um, we need to change that position and we need to get you so that you are moving more instead of sitting in one position all day, you need to change position. So sometimes you can sit, sometimes you can kneel, 
Sometimes you can stand, sometimes you can squat. Like there are all kinds of different positions that you can be in throughout the day. The body is designed to move. So you want to try and do that and just incorporate that into your day so that um, you, you can stop keeping your body in static positions. So uh, um, in terms of actual things that they could do, that's the, the first thing. So activity modification with a, with a um, goal to move frequently throughout the day. Then I would also... Um, ask them to look at well, what are the positions that you are in most frequently during the day so for example if you are sitting a lot well what does that mean well if you're sitting a lot that that means that the the structures in the front such as your hip flexors um your uh quadricep the front of your thigh and your abdominals all these structures in the front are shortened because you are flexed all the time right mm-hmm. it also means that the um uh, because you are uh, flat forward flexed all the time, it means that the uh, muscles and the structures in your low back are lengthened. And it also means that your um, glutes and your hamstrings are shortened. So um, I often hear people saying, oh, you know, I got, you got back pain. They should stretch. They should stretch more. Well, not really, because those structures, if they're sitting all the time, are already stretched. Mm-hmm. They're already tight. That's why they have some of, of the, the the pain. And stretching the hamstrings, well, you know, again, if if the structures are, if some of them are short, the other ones are lengthened, um, do, adding more of the same thing to those structures isn't going to help. Mm-hmm. Now, so I would ask them to look at what positions they are in, uh, and then uh, address those uh, uh, address the deficits that are present there um, accordingly. So for the things in the front, uh, I would ask them to be doing lengthening procedures. So spending time, you know, um, lengthening the anterior line, doing the seal pose, stretching out the hip flexor, stretching out the quadri- quadriceps, um, and, and then also stretching out the abdominals. And then not only that, but um, thinking about, you know, what structures are seeing activity most uh, and, and i.e. the structures that are going to be the stronger ones mm-hmm. and then um, focusing on the structures that are weak. So, for example, um, you know, the, the hamstrings, I said the, the hamstrings are lengthened. Um, so, well, let's spend some time on strengthening the hamstrings um, rather than stretching them spend some time strengthening because they're probably pretty weak. The glutes are going to be weak. Spend some time doing that. Spend some time strengthening the low back because it is stretched to the max already. Mm -hmm. And then um, by um, treating the deficits where they lay, whether it be inflexibility or whether it be uh, weakness, we can start to work towards um, restoring that homeostasis that balance so i i would then see that and then the once they had done that the next thing that i would talk about is introducing mobility um to the spine um, because we spent a, again we spent a lot of time in static positions and if you look at the spine the way that the spine is designed it is designed to do both forward flexion and then and an extension mm-hmm. is it designed to do lateral bending to both sides and it is also designed to do rotation um, but the body is a very efficient machine. If you do not use it, you will lose it, uh, because the body doesn't want to make doesn't it, it figures well why why um, expend energy to maintain this functionality if it's not going to be used. So mm-hmm. if you don't use it, you you lose it. So once we have sort of um, worked to get the body back to homeostasis, um, working on the deficits, then we can start to um, introduce movement, right? Start to move the spine in ways that it is designed to move um, and and start to introduce those movements. And then as we become more comfortable with those movements, increase the ranges of motion through those movements. Mm -hmm. Uh, And once we have maximized that range of motion, then introduce um, strength through the throughout the movement in those ranges of motion. Um, so I always talk to people about 
um, the progression of uh, rehabilitation. And so for me, the pro progression is flexibility first. So to restore the range of motion of a the joint, then two, to um, restore the absolute strength of the muscles that support that joint, okay? Then number three, to in, um, work on mobility. So flexibility and mobility are two different things. So flexibility is a passive um, mm -hmm. a passive property. Mobility is an active property. So we do the passive property first, then we work on the strength, mm -hmm. then we apply the strength to the flexibility to now have an active range of motion property. Okay. Um, and then once we have done mobility, now we can start to play, right? So that's number four. We can demonstrate our proficiency of uh, and our mastery of the first three components by, by now playing and doing movement and expressing movement in a novel way. And so um, you know, start to do things, start to do back bridges, start to do side bends, start to do all kinds of things um, so that we can um, maintain, um, feed our feed our spine, feed the the um, the desire for our body to move. We can maintain that by by doing the play, um, whatever, and 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 expressing movement in a novel pattern or in a novel way. So though that's that would be my approach. And for somebody who says I don't know a lot. You just yeah, like, so <laughs> I mean, I'm just listening and, you know, I, I wish that we had so many more professionals like you because everything that you're breaking down, it's not the case. It's not, let me, let me reiterate that or uh, say that. Listen, I, 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 I know I, I'm an orthopedic surgeon, man. I know what my colleagues are like and, and, and it's not that my colleagues are not educated, um, it, it, but I think. Um, I have a different perspective mm -hmm. for a number of reasons. I, number one, I was always involved with um, athletics, okay? Um, so I was an athlete myself. I think that's important. Number two, after being an athlete, I was a um, personal trainer and fitness instructor. Yeah. So again, I have a bit of a different mindset. And then on, I add on to those knowledge bases um, became my my my. Um, orthopedic surgeon and sports medicine knowledge base. So I have all of those. And then add to that is that I opened up a movement, uh, a rehab facility um, called Human 2.0 and um, based on a, a more active approach to rehabilitation. And then I have learned things being, I have learned stuff from the coaches that I employed there and, and through observing patients that have come there and and I've realized, oh shoot, we got to do this differently. And and I already I know what you're, you know, you didn't verbalize it, but I know what you're driving at because I do things for uh, patients that if I said if I had said during my re residency, oh, you know, if we if a, a, a preceptor had asked me, are you going to rehab this patient? And I and I would have said, oh, well, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. Uh, I'm going to send them to a physical therapist. I'm going to blah, 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 blah. And if, uh, but if I had said what I do now and what we do in my facility, they would have like failed me and said like, what kind of witchcraft is that? And I know that a lot of my colleagues look at what I do and they think it's um, craziness. But I, I know that people are starting to change what they're, how they're viewing it because two things. So number one, um, uh, I, I I have to admit I didn't get along with all of my preceptors um, when I was in in my training program, mm -hmm. and um, there are there are some guys. Well, one in particular who I think, oh, this dude, like he and I are like mortal enemies. Like it's like it's like superhero villain. If I if I see him in the street, it's on. Um, <laughs> but um, this guy, like he, I don't like him. He doesn't like me. Great, mm -hmm. but um, I I see. Um, time time people like not all the people who come to my facility are, are my patients they're mm -hmm. they're patients with all kinds of people mm -hmm. and, and so uh but i i keep pretty close conversation with my therapist and i started to see some patients um you know my therapist might ask me a question hey oh you know this patient had a knee replacement um what do you what do you think about this this exercise that i'm doing and i'd say oh yeah sure uh, and i'd ask them who the surgeon was because 
I kind of know because I train in the city, I know kind of what people's preferences are. I don't want to step on anybody's toes, yeah. whatever. So then I'd say, oh, well, who's this patient from? And they'd say, oh, it's from this guy. And I'm like, that's like, that's like my mortal enemy. And, and they know, they, the guys, they all thought when I opened up that facility, like, it's craziness. Like, why would you do that? Why don't you just go buy a cottage, man? Why are you spending money doing that? Um, and I thought I did it because I thought that's how people... I really thought this is how I can help people and this is how people should be trained, uh, rehab. And so um, they thought it was all foolishness. But when I first started to see patients from my mortal enemy come through, then I thought, oh, if that dude, and I know how anal retentive that guy is. Mm -hmm. And I thought if that dude is sending patients to us. He may not believe in what we do, but our results speak for themselves. Right. And so if if they're sending their people to me and in particular, they'll send the, their problem patients, the, pro, the patients okay. who aren't getting better elsewhere. Right. Okay. So if they send their problems to us, then they know that something is that they know that we're doing something right. Yeah. So that was the first. Thing. And then the second thing, which is most recently um, just over covid. So I live on one side of town. And uh, in, in Ottawa, it's a, a city of a million, and we have about 60 orthopedic surgeons. And on the other side of town, um, well, actually, now, now that I moved, it's on this side of town, but any, oddly enough. Uh, but anyway, at, at the time, it was on the other side of town. Mm -hmm. um, a group of five, so I own this, I own my own facility. Okay. okay? Uh, I'm the only orthopedic surgeon there. There's a couple of sports medicine physicians and about five physiotherapists, a bunch of trainers. Mm -hmm. I own that, that's mine. Mm -hmm. um, but on the other side of town, a group of five orthopedic surgeons opened up. It's not exactly the same, but it's about 75% the same. Okay. And I'm like, like th that was five years after I opened mine. And I'm like, okay. Oh, well, you guys all thought this was stupid, but now I guess there's five of you that don't think it's stupid anymore. Cause now you opened up, they've opened yeah. up their own. And again, it's not exactly the same uh, just because they don't have the same knowledge base that I have mm -hmm. um, in terms of the personal training, the, the movement, uh, um, you know, uh, you know, movement approach and, and movement training, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, they don't have that, but it's, you know, three, three quarters the same. So that tells me, oh, okay, now you are starting to see what I was trying to tell you, because yeah. before I was the crazy crackpot, um, you know, um, but now you're like, oh, geez, um, I guess it's effective. <laughs> yeah. And maybe we should get on board. Yeah. You know, you, you so. also mentioned, though, that you were injured. And I think that that coming from a, a non from my perspective, you know, it it has helped to build the situation because you know, you're injured. So you know what a part of that feels like. And then having all those extra components, it, it, I want to say it just makes it that much more compassionate. And I think that that is showing through in us talking because like watching you, you're just like, you're on fire. And it's, it's really, it's, it's exciting to see. And like I said, I mean, I, I wish that there were more doctors out there like you. I mean, I had surgery years ago and, um, I was very unhappy with uh, what they were saying. And I said it basically to his entire team. And I still went ahead and had surgery. And he came into the room in the morning and he said, oh, so I heard you said. And I said, yeah, I did. And he said, well, more people should say something. And I said, well, you need to promote that. You need to speak mm -hmm. up and let your patients know that they can trust that they can feel safe to say something. And from that, and this is New York City. So this is a whole different breed. Um, but it was like, he was like, you need to, I said, I'm going to say something because I'm that person. But not everybody can do that. Um, and the mm -hmm. fact that you were in that category of having an injury and bringing all those components together, I think, I think goes a really long way. And I just wish that more people, more, more doctors were like you. 
So, um, you know, if you if you said that and my uh, my arch enemy heard you say that, he would like die or something. Because right. I remember there was a time when, he, when he, he he said to me, like, you'll never become an orthopedic surgeon. Um, just 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 because of the way I am. Um, no, I, I, I think it's important for for patients to have to be able to do that. Um, and um, I firmly believe like I'm I'm a what you see is what you get type of type of person right yeah. like um and and some people they think oh this is an act um, i'm not that way like th i'm this way all the time i'm um i got adhd and i'm a type a plus personality so i'm i'm like going all the time but i but you know i said to you there was a few i, I had promised myself i didn't want people to uh, to um to leave my office and never understand that was one thing. The other yeah. promise that I also made um, is that I never want to bullshit people, right? Um, I believe there's a few things I believe in: natural consequences, um, and, and but also I believe in honesty and 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 approaching uh, a, a problem honestly, and then working to come up with a solution. Mm -hmm. um, and so, if you, um, it's funny. My sister's a nurse. I don't really pay attention to these things, um, uh, but like, so they have rate my MDs, right? Um, they have the website rate my MD, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, and my sister said once she, she said to me one day, "Do you ever look at your reviews on rate my?" MD? I'm like, "No, nah, I don't pay attention to that." And she was like, "You you should read that." And I'm like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." So, so then I, I read, and there's two types of reviews on there, and and uh, no, there's three. Um, so there's, uh, one that I'm late, which is true. I'm, I'm not that I'm late, but I'm frequently running behind because of okay. what I said before. I, I will always take, I will never rush you out. I will let you take as much time as you need to voice what you have to voice. And I will explain all your questions. Cause my last thing is the last thing I always say to people, uh, are there any more questions or is there anything that you need to help? For me to tell you to help you understand mm -hmm. last question i always ask so because of that i'm frequently running late and as you can tell by now i'm a talker so i'm i'm, I'm late so so there's that mm -hmm. so that's one people get upset because i'm late but of the other two types there's only two two other types and it's either people who love me or people who hate me and <clears throat> the people who love me well that's fine because i helped them and i restored did whatever so that's great but the people who hate me it's like they say, well, this guy, if you're looking for, if you're looking for sympathy, if you're looking for blah, 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 this, this is not the guy. He has no sympathy, whatever. He has no bedside manner. No, that is not true. It's not that I don't have bedside manner, but I just don't feel, I do not, I do not believe in bullshitting people. And so I'm not going to tell you that, oh, I can make this 100% better. I can do whatever. I'm going to tell you the I'm going to tell you what the literature supports, what the facts support, yeah. and what I know I can give you in my hands, right? And so sometimes people come, they want they want a specific answer. And I have to say to them, you know what? I know that the other physician told you that we can give you stem cells and your knee is going to be better. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm here to call bullshit on that. And I'm sorry to tell you that. That is not the case. You have osteoarthritis in your knee. There is no injection that I'm going to give you or anybody else for that matter that is going to make it better. But we can deal with the osteoarthritis. There are things that we can do, both non-operative, whether it's bracing or whatever, mm -hmm. and operative, whether it's osteotomy or knee replacement or whatever. And, and I just say, that's it. Like, those are, those are the options, yeah. right? Um, and I... I believe in being honest with people, man. And some people don't like, some people don't like that. So, um, and, and I don't, I don't sugarcoat things. Yeah, that's, that's but, fair. But, but I fair. let, I say, hey, this is the truth. Yeah. But there are options from here. And if you, uh, if you are prepared to listen, then we can discuss that. And I can tell you, I can, we, I can help you. Right. But so, yeah yep. and, if, no. and if people people don't people and i to me i, I like 
that may not resonate with everybody, but man, I don't, if I went to somebody, I don't, I don't need you to bullshit me, man. I don't need yeah. you to bullshit me. Give me the straight facts, right? Because once I know the straight facts, I can yep. figure out what I need to do, yep. right? I can come up yep. with a solution. I can't come up with a solution yep. unless I know the straight, I, what I know, what the real deal is. So don't sugarcoat it. Yeah. So some people, um, you know, want sugarcoated version and I, I refuse to give it to them. And if they're unhappy and they complain about that, so be it. It's okay. It's but it, it it you know the finding the solution to the problem is just the the best of the best because it's also it's that it's being honest, it's having integrity, right? And then saying, hey, if this doesn't work, it's like it's a waste of your time and their money or whatever yes, the situation yes. is. So let's like, if that's, if this isn't what you need, it's cool. Just and, move. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and to be honest, okay. Um, to, to be honest, those comments, when people complain about that, to me, that's a badge of honor. Uh, not because people think that I might be a dick or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's a badge of honor because just for what you said there, I, listen, man, I, I was honest. And to me, that shows more integrity yeah. to be able to say yep. to a person, knowing that they don't want to hear that thing. Yeah. Right. But be able to say, look, it, I have to tell you the truth that this is the way it is. Right. But I will do whatever I can into my power to help you. Yeah. From that point moving forward. Yeah. Um, to me, that's a badge of honor. And if, if people are upset, then I say, Hey, then guess what? I guess they're not the right patient for me and I'm yeah. not the right position for them. Well, it also shows that like their journey is not about you. No. Right. It's about them, which is what you do. It's what, it's what your YouTube channel does. It's what your content does. It empowers people to be, uh, to give them the education that they might not have known and to, and I just want to say like, I, that's, that hit such a soft spot for me. And, and for that, like I said, I wish we had more doctors like you, um, <laughs> but, but I would, I would really like, I hope that I, at some point in my lifetime have the opportunity to meet you in person, even though we're like, we're neighbors, you know, you're up there, I'm down here. But, um, cause I would just say, thank you. Thank you for, for, for delivering your passion that uh, was started by your parents um, and just, you know, and has evolved into this. Um, and, and you have given me the opportunity to call you Chris. So, so Chris, if anybody would like to find you, uh, I know you talked about YouTube is your main platform, but I also know that you're on Instagram. Uh, yep. Where's the, where's the best place that they could reach you? Uh, so they can, uh, um, well, if they're trying to reach out to me, uh, the best place is probably Instagram. Uh, so my, my uh, handle on Instagram is stable knees, uh, with a Z at the end. Um, and, uh, but you can also find me on TikTok at Dr. Chris Rayner, uh, R-A-Y-N-O-R. Um, and then YouTube, I am Chris Rayner MD. So they can find me there. Cool. Well, Chris, I would, I, I say it every time I, you know, I'd like to thank you for being a guest, but I would really like to thank you for being a guest on the show because your passion, I mean, it just, if people could see you, it like, it's exuding everywhere. It's like going beyond the screen. So I would like to thank you for being a guest on the T3 Fit Scoliosis podcast. It has been a pleasure, a privilege, and an honor. No problem for, and, and as I said, Thank you for inviting me and, and the honor is all mine. I, I said it at the beginning, but anytime if people want to hear me speak, I'm like, geez, like I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that they want to hear whatever's coming out of my mouth. Um, so yeah. And it, it would make my, you know, my, uh, my dad is not around anymore. Uh, but it's certainly, uh, that it was part of our shared dream to, uh, you know, to make it this far. Um, and my mother is still here. So that would make my mother proud to know that, uh, you know, they had helped me to get to this point where people actually want to hear what I have to say. If you like this episode, chances are there's someone else out there who needs to hear it too. 
So it would be a huge favor to me if you'd go ahead and give us a five-star review. It helps me get the message out to more people. And if you need help moving in pain, then download my five free tips and I'll catch you on the next episode.